Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, designed to get us into God's Word every day for about 13 minutes. Short time, but oh, how productive that can be for us every day because it keeps us focused on our relationship with God, it keeps us focused on our souls, and it also helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow in our faith because, as we keep emphasizing, the scriptures tell us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Help people in your life whom you know, probably some within your own family, in fact, who need to turn their thinking around, the focus of their life around. They need to get into God's word. They need to study. They need to think about their relationship with God, about their soul, about eternity, because it's coming. Share these short studies with them. You can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe other technological means, but make that commitment and start sharing today with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with anybody and everybody you can. What a great blessing it will be to help somebody get to heaven. Oh, a great blessing for them, for sure, but also a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to get back into our study, asking the question, can a Christian fall from grace? Well, as I've said, many, many people who call themselves Christians say, no, you cannot fall from grace. A Christian cannot fall from grace. And what they mean is, once you're saved, you cannot be lost. You cannot fall from salvation once you've been saved. Well, we've been looking at example after example after example after example, literally, of people who became followers of Christ or at least teachings about people who would become followers of Christ who fell from grace, who turned away from him, who became unfaithful, ungodly. Let's look a little further. In Acts chapter 8, beginning with verse 20, we read about a man who had been a sorcerer. Now, he practiced sorcery, but of course, pulling the wool over people's eyes. And his name was Simon. He lived in, the, in, in, in Samaria. And when Philip went there and began preaching the gospel, oh, a great many people, they started following Jesus. They started following him. Now, Simon was kind of put out of business because as people turned to Christ, their Savior, they stopped paying attention to the tricks, the sorcery of one who had been impressing them with what he was claiming to be able to do, and that was Simon. Verse 10 says, this man is a this, this man uh, this man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. So this man was claiming that he was the pow- he had the power of God within him. And people paid attention. Now when they believed Philip, however, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized, verse 12 of Acts chapter 8. And then Simon himself also believed. 
And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. Now think about, this fella basically had been pretending to embody the power of God, to perform signs, miracles, so to speak. He was deceiving the people. Then he sees Philip, and Philip is truly performing miracles. Now can you imagine what went through his mind? Look at this guy. I've been hoodwinking people for a long time, gaining their following. They're turning away from me through the teaching of this man, which is the gospel of Christ. And look, he's performing real miracles. Those are the real deal, the genuine article. I can't do those things. And Philip believes, or rather Simon believes, and he becomes a Christian. He's baptized into Christ. Well, the apostles in Jerusalem hear about what's going on in Samaria, and they send Peter down there. And so Peter comes down, and Peter, and not just Peter, but also John, they come down, and they continue the teaching. And they had the ability bestowed upon them through the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be able to pass on miraculous gifts to Christians. And so verse 17 says, they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that, saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. He tried to buy that ability, that power, saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. He was probably thinking, I can get back into business here. <laughs> but Peter said to him, your money perish with you. Uh-oh. Now Simon was in the grace of God. He had become a Christian. He had been baptized into Christ along with a multitude of people in Samaria. But now he's got a skewed view of how to be a Christian here. He wants to buy the power to pass on the gift of the Holy Spirit to people on whom he might lay his hand. So he offers Peter money. Give me this power that I also may, or that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And Peter said to him, your money perish with you. Oh, so you're going to perish? With that mindset, yes. Because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor lot or portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Wait a minute. He's in the grace of God. He's a Christian. Peter goes on and says in verse 22, Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me that none of these things which you have spoken may come upon me. Hmm. Simon even came to recognize that he was in 
eternal spiritual jeopardy. Because you see, he is just another example of the fact that you can fall from grace. Be lost once you have been saved if you do not stay faithful and dedicated properly before God and before your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8. Let's look at verses 12 and 13. Romans 8, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your body, you will live. Now, what is Paul saying here? If Christians live according to the leadings of the Spirit through the teachings of the Word of God, because the Word of God is given by inspiration from God through the Holy Spirit to those inspired writers who wrote it down as God's very Word, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. If Christians live according to those teachings, then they're going to live. And ultimately, the, the portrayal is eternally with God in heaven. But if they live after the flesh, after they become Christians, if they start living by the ways of the world again, Paul says they shall die. They shall die. Can a Christian fall from grace? Yes. If he becomes unfaithful, if he becomes careless in his Christianity, in his faith. Romans 14 and verse 15. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Now, what is Paul talking about here? He's talking about the kind of foods that we eat. In verse 14, I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Now, people were coming to Christ. They were becoming Christians from different backgrounds. Some had been Jews, and they considered certain meats to be unclean, forbidden to be eaten by the law of Moses, under which they had lived before they became Christians. It probably would have taken them a period of time to learn their way through the teachings of Scripture out of that belief. Others had come from a Gentile background, being worshipers of idols. And they would offer sacrifices, animal sacrifices, to their idols, and then some of that meat would be sold in the marketplace, and they could buy some of that meat, and then as they ate it, they considered it to be a worshipful experience for them. Now, they had to come out of that belief, too. It might take them a while to learn and be comfortable with the fact that they could buy meat in the marketplace. Don't worry about where it came from because it's just meat. Nothing, nothing magical about it, nothing worshipful about it as having been offered to an idol because an idol is nothing. And Paul is simply saying here, do not hurt other Christians' faith 
by your understanding that you can eat whatever might come along, and that's fine. Notice what he says again. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Destroy? Influence them away from faithfulness in Christ. You're talking about causing them or influencing them to turn away from Christ and be lost again after having become Christians. Can a Christian fall from grace? Over and over and over again. We see the answer is yes. Yes. Let's look at one more text of scripture before we close today. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 11. And here the Apostle Paul wrote, Because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? Again, this is another of those contexts of Scripture that talk about how we deal with a brother, a brother in Christ, who is immature in his faith. He's just become a Christian recently. He hasn't studied deeply enough to understand the deeper matters of the, of the gospel of Christ, of the word of God. And so you, having been a Christian longer and studied longer, you understand some things that he hasn't learned yet, and so you might do some things around him that he, he has not yet come to understand as, as, as that's being okay, basically. It's like that brother who's going to eat whatever he eats, and maybe that new Jewish Christian thinks he's profaning the law of God because he's eating meat that under the law of Moses had been forbidden. Or that new Gentile Christian thinking you're eating meats that have been offered to idols, and that's, that's got to be unchristian. Where the Christian who has been a Christian longer and studied more and is more mature spiritually understands that none of that applies he can eat whatever he may as a blessing from God. Paul is saying the same principle here. You don't unnecessarily damage the weaker faith of a newer Christian by the liberty that you have learned that you have through your deeper study and more maturity in faith that you have grown into in Christ. Again, what does the scripture say? Verse 11, Because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish? Is it possible to fall from grace? Absolutely. If we're not careful and if we're not attentive. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us so much. And guide us to live in such a way that we can be confident of eternal life with you in heaven. Guide us to stay away from anything that might lead us to be in jeopardy of falling from your grace. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen.